Hey, hey, folks, I'm back. It's your old friend Matt, one half of the Last Boy Scouts podcast, chapter 36, recording October 16th. Find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, you know where to get us on social media. Jerry Old Sconey is out today. He is off in Wisconsin playing grab ass with his Packers, with his Badgers. I think he's on his way back. I'm not really sure. Either way, we miss him. We send him shout-outs. We hope he gets back safely. Um, I'm mostly glad for Jerry that Green Bay pulled out that game on Monday Night Football. My Lord, if they would have lost that, the amount of drama I would have had to hear about when he got back would have been unprecedented. I believe Jerry went to the big house in Michigan, which I I, I don't get that for a second, but he did, uh, to see his Badgers play the... uh, the state up north from Ohio there. I think they're the Wolverines. I'm not really sure. They're the team that really doesn't do much in the Big Ten these days. Uh, but he went to see a Big Ten football game with a buddy. He uh, then made his way across part of the Big Blue Marble over to Wisconsin to see his Packers play at wonderful Lambeau Field, um, a place that I went with Jerry and shared a few moments. Father, son, brother, brother, whatever you want to call us. Best friends, who knows, but we had a good time there maybe seven years ago now. It's been a while. Either way, hope Jerry had a good time. Jerry, if you're listening, get back safe. We have a lot to discuss. Um, So much going on around the globe, specifically in the fight world, uh, MMA and boxing. And that is why today I'm doing a little solo show. Figured I'd get something out there for you guys and gals, if any gals are listening. And uh, felt like it was the perfect weekend to uh, start talking fights because, quite frankly, it's been a tornado in the MMA world and in the boxing world the last two or three days. Still fallout from the Khabib Connor fight at UFC 29. Terrence Crawford on ESPN. Canelo Alvarez signing a deal with DAZN. Unbelievable. Who would have thunk it? Uh, and among other MMA stories, a ton of scheduling changes for the UFC we need to talk to. Um, Bellator had a pretty fun card with some legends this past weekend that turned out to be a pretty good time. And uh, yeah, a lot going on. Floyd Mayweather's back in the picture. Of course, he's pouncing, looking for another money-making fight with not Conor McGregor, but Khabib Nurmagomedov? I don't know about that. We'll get to all that in a second. Uh, but first and foremost, you know where to find us. iTunes, SoundCloud, once again. Uh, give uh, myself and old J. Ray a follow at LastBoyScout underscore Matt on Instagram. At JRay26 on Instagram. Twitter also if you want, but I'm kind of sick of Twitter. False on Facebook if you can find us. I'm not really sure. They may have shut us down. Um, but go to the gram. All the fun's on the gram. If you're not on the gram, I don't know what you're doing. You don't need to read 140 characters from a bunch of clowns on Twitter. You don't need to read a long-winded post about one of your friends from high school's dog who passed away on Facebook. You don't need any of that. You just need the gram. You need some photos. You need some quick videos. Fast content into your eyes, into your ears, out of your brain. Less than a few seconds. That's all you need. Mindless, mindless content. And that's why you're here. Listening to Chapter 36 of the Lost Boy Scouts. Um, I guess I'll drop this now. I might as well. Jerry and I have been working on a few things in the background to kind of push this thing to the next level. And a few ideas have come and gone. But one idea we settled on, which I'm really excited about, is we're expanding the podcast content outside of this podcast, outside of just the last Boy Scouts, to a few different uh, niche areas, some of which we have a history with, specifically the one I'll talk about now, and the one I'll tell you about now is uh, my new podcast that's coming out, I hope, in a week, maybe two weeks, depending on some uh, back-end technology we're trying to work through, but proud to announce that the original seed of what the fightvoice.com was will be 
moving over into the podcast format format, and I will be doing my own show with Jerry as a guest as much as he wants, um, but my own solo show, Fight Voice Radio. That's right. A podcast named with radio, Fight Voice Radio. That's what it's going to be called. It is an extension of our original fightvoice.com blog that Jerry and I started, I don't know, six or seven years ago now, maybe longer, um, just in podcast format, basically. You know, Jerry and I started the fightvoice.com really just for fun. Uh, we enjoyed watching the fights together, UFC, Bellator, boxing. We had a few belts. We got together at a bar. We took in the fights. We talked about it. Jerry, being a sports journalism major, uh, someone who, who likes to talk, analyze, and give his opinion on sports, it was a good setting for us to try and just you know try something new, hang out a little bit, have a good time, be silly. That's what we do best. And when we're together, we enjoy talking sports. I think when we started it, you know, six or seven years ago, we thought, you know, NBA, MLB, NFL, all the big sports kind of have all these outlets. And MMA is still a little young. It's still a little immature. It's something we can maybe break into. And, you know, there'd be less barriers to entry. We weren't going to start seven years ago requesting an interview with Aaron Rodgers in hopes that he would talk to Lolio, Jerry, and Matt out of San Diego with their shitty little blog. I mean, that's just not possible. But we, what we did realize was MMA specifically, and even boxing a little bit, um, it didn't have all the coverage that all those other sports had. And even now, it's it's still it's getting there. It's, it's now got the coverage with ESPN and Fox and the big dogs because they finally realized after these 10 years that there's something there. There's a niche sport there that needs to be covered. They got it now. They picked it up. They figured it out. We knew they would. But 10 years ago when Jerry and I were talking about this, there wasn't much out there. There were your standard guys. There was your Mark Ramondes or Ariel Hawanis or Luke Thomas, Dave Doyle. Um, they were there. Brian Morgan. They were all there. And they were doing really good work. And they still do great work. And they're top of the food chain here. But um, Jerry and I had a good time. Getting the fightvoice.com off the ground. It was a new venture, something cool, a challenge, something we knew nothing about. How do you even get into it from a technology standpoint? How do you even start a blog? How do you go through the process of getting credentialed? How do you get interviews with fighters? How do you convey what message you want to put out about the fighters? What storylines are there that you want to expand upon that would be interesting? We didn't know, but it was fun. And we had a great time going to fights for free sitting cage side, sitting ringside, rubbing elbows with some of the legends in the sport, uh, interviewing legends of the sport. I recall, you know, Oscar De La Hoya. I mean, of all people, I'm talking to Oscar De La Hoya for 20 minutes at a media day. Like me? Come on. How's that work? You know, but it's possible. And we did it and it was fun. Um, sitting next to Mirko Krokop at a glory post-fight press conference. Me and him, elbow to elbow. Talking to Mirko Krokop, off the record, nothing recording, but just me in a shitty sports jacket talking to a sweaty Mirko Krokop, really? You can do that? Yeah, you can. And we did it pretty quick, and we had a good time doing it. Uh, some good stories that I'll save for episode one of Fight Voice Radio whenever that comes upon us. Um, but for you know, the most part, I'm excited about it. It's an opportunity for me to get back to talking about the sports that I, I, I take more interest in nowadays. Uh, some of my listeners here, uh, our listeners here will know that I've, uh, I'm kind of, I've, I've gone, I've gone soft on the NFL, NBA, and MLB. I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. I'm a Cleveland Cavaliers fan and Indians fan. I lost LeBron James. I had an 0-16 season last year with the NFL. And my tribe, my Indians, they, they can't get out of the first round now in the past two years. I mean, come on. What do I got? I got nothing in terms of the major sports. I got nothing. What I do have, though, is a fond appreciation of the sweet science of mixed martial arts, something I have watched and enjoyed back in the early 90s when I was old enough to understand what was going on, when boxing was Tuesday night fights on USA, Shannon the Cannon Briggs. That's what I remember. Hoist Gracie and the first UFC. That's what I remember. And those are things I love talking about. Those are things I am able to talk about. 
I'm interested in, the people, the fighters, the trainers, the gyms, the promoters, everyone in the industry I, I took a major interest in and am excited that Fight Voice Radio, my own little pet project, our own little pet project will be something I can now turn into an audio format, a podcast for all of you who are listening now to jump on board with or for your friends who maybe know the sport better than you, you can tell them about it and make sure they subscribe uh, when we get it all up and running on iTunes and all the other formats that are out there for getting your podcasts. So that's what's happening. That was kind of my little news I wanted to share. I was going to save it. I know Jerry and I have been waiting for the right time. And we have two or three other things also in the works that I will not talk about now, but when Jerry's back, we'll get to. Um, But a few new fun ventures, something to keep the creative flow going to, in my opinion, um, make sure I don't become a brain-dead moron and sitting in my cubicle wondering, wondering what else is out there. it's an opportunity. It's fun. It's challenging. Something new. And I'm excited for it. So more to come on that at a later date. I will stop rambling about that. But again, Fight Voice Radio, check it out here in the next week or two. We'll do a campaign on social media. We'll get all the information out there as it comes closer. So a little bit about what's going on in the world of combat sports, I guess. Uh, a ton and still... A lot to talk about in relationship to Khabib and Connor. Where does Floyd Mayweather fit into all this? And um, what other big fights are coming up for the rest of the year? You know, about two months ago when the streaming services really started to recognize that they needed to jump into the sports, into major sports, when ESPN decided we need our own streaming service, ESPN Plus was born when DAZN, D-A-Z-N, a international conglomerate of sports, soccer, fights, everything under the sun that maybe we don't hold near and dear here in America, when they decided to throw their hat in the ring for major boxing matches, when they decided to go after fighters like Anthony Joshua, the heavyweight champion out of England, as of today, Canelo Alvarez, maybe the biggest star in the sport right now, Joe Smith, when they decided to throw their hat in the ring to get these guys to sign with them to show their fights, they really took a, a big piece of the pie. And I don't know how deep the pockets are for DAZN, but they're involved with boxing. They're, t- they're tied up with Bellator now. They're going to be streaming a ton of Bellator events, boxing events. With HBO Boxing going out of business, essentially, I mean, they're done. HBO Boxing will cease to exist in here in a few months. Jim Lampley, Roy Jones, Max Kellerman, they're done. We're not going to see them anymore. It's, it's a weird thing. I, I'm, it's going to be hard for me to understand that a- HBO doesn't have boxing anymore. It's going to happen very soon, and there's a void to be filled, and the zone has just jumped in and, and grabbed some big fighters to show some pretty big fights. Premier Boxing Champions under Al Heyman is still out there with a massive stable of fighters. Danny Garcia, Sean Porter, Keith Thurman, among others. Errol Spence is hanging out there. Terrence Crawford aligned with top rank. Ugh top-ranked boxing, the old dinosaur Bob Arum and his little minion social media tweeter who I'll get to in a little bit. This competition here now with boxing, it's going to be interesting to see who gets the big fights. And um, the zone has, has made a splash of it as of today with the signing of Canelo Alvarez, who faces off against Rocky Fielding in December. Adam S.G. Rocky Fielding, a, a British fighter who... Um, doesn't have much on his resume. He's, he's got a belt, but so do a lot of fighters out there. Um, and Canelo looks to move up to 168 to challenge for that belt. We'll take a stab at it out of the gate and probably have a very good shot of taking it. But gosh, I, I, do I have to sign up for another streaming service? Is that what has to happen here? I mean, what's my bill going to look like? Originally it was your cable bill was 150 bucks a month. You might've got Showtime and HBO and paid an extra 
50 to 60 bucks for a big pay-per-view a few times a year, but what am I looking at? Another 12 to 15 bucks a month for DAZN, another five to seven for ESPN plus added my Netflix, Hulu, Amazon prime, HBO go showtime. How much money am I looking here? I mean, the, the entertainment dollar for a fight fan, it's getting, uh, it's getting interesting because that dollar's not going so far no more. The UFC, as of January of 19, will be moving a ton of their fights to ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. So you won't be getting the UFC fight nights on Fox all the time now for free. You're going to have to pay for that. You're still going to have your big pay-per-views. They're going to be sharing some with Fox. But overall, there's a lot of content out there. There's a lot of ways to get that content. The days of getting it for free, they're gone. Unless you do the illegal activity, which I think is going to spike exponentially with all of this. The one thing people are forgetting about this is people have ways of getting stuff for free right now. I know a ton of people who stream stuff illegally, who can find anything they want to find, any pay-per-view, any regular fight, something overseas. It doesn't matter. They can find it. There's ways to get it. It's dangerous. It's illegal. When's that going to really come to a halt? It's going to come to a halt when the trend to streaming illegally goes up as an inverse to the streaming services starting to come to the surface. Bottom line. We'll see how that goes. It's going to be interesting. I'm not going to do it. I don't touch, I don't do illegal streaming. I don't believe in it. The same way I don't steal music, comedy, anything. I pay for it. And I will pay for it if I have to. I get it. But it's going to be hard. It's going to be a hard sell to pay more money for you know, fights that well, some are good, some are average. Most aren't great. You've got to understand that. They're great fighters, hardworking fighters, fighters who deserve everything they get. But, you know, it's the top, what, 2 or 3% are the big fights you want to see? How far is your entertainment dollar going to go? If you're an NFL fan and you like to watch all the teams, if you play fantasy football, whatever, you're probably paying for an NFL ticket. Major League Baseball has their own service. NBA has their own service. Just not much out there for free anymore. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I am going to be watching it and monitoring it closely, uh, mostly because um, it, it's going to be something we, we talk about a lot, but also because I'm not rich. i got to really pick and choose here. And that doesn't help my cause if I want to have a fight podcast. So it puts me in a weird position. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, it'd be interesting to follow it along, but shout out to DAZN. Big news today. I can't believe they are getting the fighters they're getting. A lot of money has to be involved. Um, Canelo Alvarez again signing with DAZN today to have them stream a few of his upcoming fights as HBO Boxing uh, soon goes away for good. Showtime Boxing, really, the other competitor there. And uh, now you're into a situation where they have the Deontay Wilder-Tyson Fury fight, which is an amazing fight, one I want to see. I'm excited to see. Luckily, I have Showtime. I can't wait for it. But after that, what what then? You have Anthony Joshua, who's tied to a whole different promoter and a different network. And we're not going to see those fights. The same way we didn't see Pacquiao Mayweather for all those years because the promoters couldn't figure it out. The same way it took Triple G and Canelo a little longer than we wanted it to, to get there. Hats off to them. They got it done. But it's boxing. It's going to be something we continue to see. We're not going to see the best fights at the best times, but hopefully hopefully they can figure out. Hopefully they can figure out how to make the money. Terrence Crawford fought this weekend. That was the one fight I wanted to talk about. A, a fun fight between... Terrence Crawford out of Elma, Bud Crawford, and uh, Jose Benavides Jr. One that I watched at a bowling alley. That's right, a bowling alley. You know, it's funny. I've been bitching about ESPN Plus for the last 10 minutes and for other from other podcasts before. And I had to go to a birthday party at a bowling alley, which love seeing my friends. Who does it, right? Good group of people. Shout out Cyril. Happy birthday. 
Um, but that day, I did so much yard work. I moved so much rock. I was out of the house at 5.30 in the morning, just busting my ass, doing everything I could to get the scrap done because I knew we had a big day ahead of us. I did 12 hours almost, almost 12 hours. Well, there was two hours in there. I stopped at Lowe's to get some supplies and then the local brewery to have a few beers, but that's neither here nor there. So let's say 10 hours, 10 hours of backbreaking work to, um, to get what I need to get done. And then I realized, oh, you're not done. You got to go bowling. Now, listen, I haven't bowled in probably 10 years. I don't know, maybe longer. I, I can't remember. I couldn't tell you when. Once that door opened in the bowling alley, man, I went back to childhood. I went back to rural Ohio in February when it's four degrees outside and you couldn't do anything that wasn't indoors except watch movies, play pool, darts, bowling. The three sports that any Midwesterner, for whatever reason, is, are good at. I mean, I don't know what it is. It's like Midwesterners. We, we, we're, we're pretty good at some dumb shit. Those three sports being good examples of what we are good at because of the elements. Because when you're in Ohio in February, you're not going outside. And those three sports involve what? Indoors and drinking. Right up my alley. So... The door opens to that bowling alley here in San Diego. The instant smell of deep fried food, smelly people, feet, ugh, just germs, just grossness all over the place. I saw a woman barefoot running around the bowling alley on that nasty carpet and that nasty tile floor. I mean, I wanted to vomit in my mouth when I saw that. But once I got that bowl in my hand, once I started rolling, putting that English on that ball, knocking down the pins, throwing up spares like it's nobody's business, I was in heaven. What wasn't in heaven was my body. My back is killing me. My thighs are killing me. My hips, my elbows killing me. Because, of course, you know, if anyone knows me, I don't really take a break. I, I kind of go a little extreme with things. Uh, even my wife, I think she saw me roll maybe two or three frames and thought I'd be good. You know, let's let other people have it, sir. No, no, not me. I think I repped it about four or five games straight. Two of, two of the games I played solo, started getting that score to the 170, 180. I think I might have got close to 200 one time. Thing is, is people, you know, we are at a birthday party at a bowling alley. A lot of people are messing around. They're taking photos for the gram. They're talking. They're enjoying each other's company. I just want to roll, baby. You put me in a bowling alley, I just want to roll. And that's what I did. Great time. But the moral of this story is right above my lane, lane 19, shout out Bernie Kozar, lane 19, a fat TV with none other than Terrence Bud Crawford versus Jose Benavidez Jr. A big fight with one of the pound for pound, probably top two guys in the world, Terrence Crawford fighting a, uh, a tough challenger in Benavidez who, leading up to the fight, had really pushed all of Crawford's buttons and put Crawford in a position that we rarely see, which is Bud Crawford uh, a little bothered. I mean, he was animated. He was angry. I mean, he threw a right hook at Benavidez after the weigh-ins. I mean, you could suspend people for something like that. Benavidez, he slipped that right hook quick. And I got worried Friday night thinking, uh-oh, we might be seeing something here. The last time I saw someone, the favorite in a fight, kind of overreact or, or, or have them, you know, have, get under their skin was Ronda Rousey, Holly Holm, Joanna, Young Jacek, and Rose Namajunas. I mean, those, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking upset at that point. I'm thinking Benavidez got under Crawford's skin. He's got him mentally distracted, and we might see something interesting here. That's what I thought. And uh, it was an interesting fight. It was fun. Crawford, historically, he does a good job of you know, coming into the fight nice and slow, very calculated. He waits to see what his opponent does, and it takes him two or three rounds to really break someone down. And when he does, then he, he lights him up. Benavidez did a good job staying in there. He got to the 12th round. I thought we were going decision. And in the 12th round, Crawford, he saw something. He lands a vicious uppercut, put Benavidez down, standing eight count. Ref lets it go on for no more than six more seconds before he gets smothered 
And uh, Crawford walks away with a knockout in the 12th round. A fun fight, exciting. In Omaha, in his hometown, I think they set the record for attendance. It's somewhere he always fights. He loves it there. Warren Buffett in the crowd. I mean, good for him. Good for Terrence Crawford. And uh, and good for ESPN and, and Top Rank because they knocked it out of the park with that one. Good viewership, good attendance. And it seems like Terrence Crawford might be uh, off the snide here and getting into the main stream pay-per-view arena by 2019 but no compliment for me goes without some criticism so to top rank boxing shout out to your social media folks very professional guys really like what you did there so earlier that day on saturday uh, michael woods out of new york boxing beat writer i think his podcast uh, talk box a uh, very good guy. He was on the old Going Down Swinging podcast a few years ago to break down some boxing. He had put out a tweet that said, 1 to 10, who's excited for the Crawford fight tonight? And I responded, I said, 11, if I have to pay for another streaming service to get it. Back to my, my hiccup here at the streaming services. Um, I didn't know at that time that they actually moved the fight from ESPN Plus to regular ESPN, to the big boy ESPN. Well, that's great. It's free then. I mean, I love it. Uh, top rank boxing didn't take too kindly to my tweet back to Michael Woods, and they promptly wanted to correct me in a very snide way. And I don't appreciate it. You could have said to me, "Hey, man, just so you know, it's not an ESPN Plus; it's on regular ESPN." And that would have been fine. I would have said, "Thank you, guys." But I'm sure the uh, 21 year old little snot working the uh, the old Twitter account at Top Rank Boxing. I'm sure he thought, he didn't take too kindly. You know, he was probably triggered. He didn't like what I said. And he had to come after me on Twitter and try to embarrass me. Please get out of here, fool. It's either that or it's Bob Arum's fat little chubby dinosaur fingers tweeting at me. Either or, it ain't good, and I don't really appreciate it. And to, to come at me and say, I'm bad, at, I'm bad at this. I'm bad at having a podcast about fighting. Well, let me correct you, Top Rank. I don't have a podcast about fighting until today. So, I don't take kindly to your remarks. The Last Boy Scouts is not a podcast about sports. It's a podcast about life. So, come correct next time, sir. Or ma'am. Whoever you may be. And uh, still, I appreciate you. I appreciate you too, Bob. Bob Aram. Keep holding the good fighters down. I look forward to you probably ruining the careers of Terrence Crawford and Shakur Stevenson, among others. Should be good for boxing. At any time you retire, we'll gladly have you retire. So come on the show anytime. Fight Voice Radio again. Be on iTunes. Hit me up, Bob, at Last Boy Scout Matter on Instagram. Not sure if you have Instagram, but if you do, pay me. We'll have you on the podcast. We can talk all about it. But we'll see what happens with Terrence Crawford. What the fight I want to see, obviously, is Crawford Spence. Errol Spence Jr., um, arguably the, the pound-for-pound pound number one. I have him as number one. I think Errol Spence Jr. is the better fighter. I think Crawford's right there. They're neck and neck. That's the fight to see. But guess what, folks? You ain't going to see it. Ain't going to happen. Errol Spence is tied with Fox. He's tied with Al Heyman, Showtime. Terrence Crawford's with top rank, ESPN. Ain't going to happen. Welcome to Pacquiao Mayweather 2, folks. Maybe we'll see it in like seven years when it's not as good of a fight. But that's boxing. We can get past it. Maybe they'll surprise me. I don't know. I won't hold my breath. The real news to talk about, though, is around MMA. I mean, come on now. What's going on there? It's a, it's a, it's a whirlwind this past week. The fallout from Khabib Connor is still going. After we recorded last Monday and broke down UFC 229, the fight itself, the aftermath of the brawl inside and outside of the cage, the political, religious, cultural layers to the entire situation with Connor and Khabib, we thought it was over. Not really. It's not even close to over. Outside of suspensions being handed down, commissions laying out fines, outside of that, I mean, we're at a we're at an impasse here with Khabib, I think. I don't know what's gonna happen now. Two days after the fight, after everything happens. 27-0, Khabib Nurmagomedov, the Dagestani fighter who dismantles the UFC's golden boy, Conor McGregor. He's a superstar now. Maybe he's superstar or villain, depending on where you at, 
if you're in his country, he's a superstar. I mean, the welcome that he got when he went back to Russia, amazing. Good for him. Somewhat of a villain here. People didn't like how it went down. Some people don't understand how the culture plays into this. How Conor McGregor went to a place verbally before the fight to criticize a man's religion, a man's culture. To build a fight, yes. Connor's business. He's all business. He knows that. He said it after he lost the fight. It's all business. For some. Not for Khabib. Khabib laid it out to the UFC pretty promptly last week that the UFC would be taking no action against him or his fighters, his friends, or anyone in his camp against the man who, UFC fighter who jumped in the cage and threw a punch at Connor, the guy in the red shirt. He threatened you don't cut that man. If you do, I'm gone. Khabib stands for something different. Does he need the money? Sure. But not in lieu of his principles. Khabib is the guy right now who can really put the UFC, Ari Emanuel, Dana White against the back of their wall, against their, with their backs against the wall to say, you're not going to treat certain fighters a certain way and others not the same way. To say, I don't care if you're number 600 on the roster or number one. No special treatment anymore. And if you try to give one guy special treatment and treat the other guy in a different way, I'm out. Your undefeated star is out. Your title holder is out. You understand Khabib will go back to Russia and fight. He'll be sued by the UFC. And a ton of legal action would be taken if Khabib decided, I'm done with the UFC. Because he's under contract as an independent contractor. But he's still under contract, a fight contract that is. Which the UFC holds very close to the vest. Which the UFC employs some of the best lawyers in the country to enforce those contracts. I don't think Khabib cares. I don't think he gives a shit. If Khabib were to fall off the face of the earth into Russia and just be a legend, a superstar, and make money doing promotions and appearances, I think he'd be fine, quite frankly. I don't think he needs the UFC at all. And that may open up a number of different legal arguments around who these fighters are to the UFC. Are they independent contractors? Are they employees? Are their employment laws being broken with these contracts? What rights do the fighters have? We talked about this for years. What's going to happen for the fighters? Are they going to unionize? Is it going to take one big star to take a stand? Someone like a Conor McGregor, a GSP, a Khabib, a Cormier. What's it going to take? I think this is a very unique opportunity. Khabib has laid it out there for the UFC. He has put it on the table that they shall take no action against him or members of his team who are currently fighters for the UFC. And if they do, he's out. Bottom line. And I truly think he will stick to that. So we'll see how the UFC handles this. And they're in no position to lose stars right now. They have a fun slate of fights coming up for the rest of the year. They have Brock Lesnar sitting on the bench for 2019. They always have GSP, George St. Pierre, possibly to come back in 19. They have some stars. They do. But they also have a major star sitting right in front of them. Someone they need to make happy, and that's Khabib. Someone they now need to treat with that special treatment that they were treating Ronda and Connor with. We'll see if they do. I don't know. I really don't. So what's Khabib doing this? Outside of his threat to the UFC to challenge him on all of this? He does something even crazier. He somehow gets his hat in the ring for a fight with Floyd Mayweather. And I can't believe I just said that. I really cannot believe I just said that. We're talking about a guy in Khabib Nurmagomedov who historically has not been known for his hands, for boxing, ever. 
I mean, he's he's the air quotes, you know, boring fighter. Not my opinion. Boring fighter who takes you down, grounds you out, and doesn't do much. That's that's him. That's that's who he is. He's a, a wrestler from Dagestan. Samba champion, <clears throat> wrestler. Not a boxer. Not even close to it. And then what happens in his fight against McGregor? He lands a wild overhand right and puts McGregor on his ass. Something no one saw coming. And his boxing looked okay in that fight. For an MMA fight against Conor McGregor who really wasn't trying to box. A guy in Conor McGregor who was trying to defend the takedown the entire time. Rewind to the last fight Khabib had against Ally Quinta, the late replacement to the fight in which Tony Ferguson fell out of. And Ally Quinta peppered Khabib for a little bit boxing. Ally Quinta, I love you, Al, but you ain't Floyd Mayweather. So I don't know where this comes from other than it's business. And we get that. And Khabib wants to pounce. This is the time to make the money. And any fighter who can sell it, good for you. I'm not going to knock it. Do I want to see it? No. I don't. As a boxing fan, first and foremost, I don't want to see it. I think it was a one-time thing with Connor and Floyd. Connor had or has a little more boxing in his background. He boxed before as an amateur as a prof- and before he became a professional MMA fighter. The pedigree there is much higher than it is for Khabib from a boxing standpoint. So you can see how the Floyd Connor fight kind of came to fruition. And it's two of the better shit talkers. It's two of the bigger personalities. Khabib doesn't have that personality. It's not going to come off as authentic. He can try. He can try. I just don't think it's going to sell. I don't think it's going to work. However, if you're Floyd Mayweather, this is easy money. Any fight, any fight, at this point for Floyd Mayweather that involves an MMA fighter is cash in the bank. He can make a 5-10 to ten year career at the age of 40 out of just beating up MMA fighters if he wants to. As in taking a fight and barely getting hit for $100 million a clip. He can certainly do that. And I think that's in the back of Floyd's mind. Floyd has expensive expenses. Let's not forget, folks. He has expenses. He's made a lot of money, but he has expenses. He likes nice shit. He also is smart. And if taking a fight against a wrestler, MMA fighter, who rarely is seen throwing fists, is a way to a big paycheck for Floyd, why not? Why wouldn't he not take it? It's super interesting. I don't think it has legs at this point. But we've been surprised before. And it's just something to watch out for. Man, I hope it doesn't happen. I just I think it just does bad things for both sports. I think the kind of thing was very interesting because it was a one-time thing. It was the first time we really got to see that. This will just seem like so much of a stretch. It won't seem believable. This will be the ultimate sideshow. So I hope they can get past it. I hope it was just something fun as part of the whole aftermath to the UFC 229 card involving Connor and Khabib. Um, but we'll see. You never know. And what's next for Connor in this situation? We know he wants the rematch with Khabib, but does he deserve it? Not many people think he does. He showed some stuff. He did. He showed the ability to defend some takedowns from Khabib, something nobody's been able to do historically. He showed that. But I think the effect of him focusing on that takedown defense put him in a position where he wasn't able to offensively capitalize. Because that's who Connor is first and foremost. He's a striker. He's a creative striker who puts on the pressure and gives his opponents so many different looks they don't know what to do. In that fight against Khabib, he was not offensively motivated. It was defense first, 
and that took him out of his game. So if you're Connor, you're thinking, yeah, I just got to change one thing. I got to, I got to be more offensive focused. You're thinking, I, I did great on takedown defense. I, yeah, I can defend a takedown. I demonstrated I could, and even when I got taken down, I got right back up. So that's a plus in the box for me. And I didn't even really try to strike. I didn't get to. He didn't get off. If I'm Connor, I'm thinking I didn't get off in that fight. So I make a few tweaks here and there. I can win that fight. That's what I'm thinking if I'm Connor and if I'm in his camp. The question is, are you buying it? Are you buying it based on the aftermath? Are you buying it based on the fact that Khabib hates this man? That their camps hate each other? That their countrymen hate each other at this point? I mean, the fights that broke out between fans outside of the arena and in the streets of Vegas look like a, a war. I mean, the videos are insane. Just dumb, drunk people just fighting, getting, knocking each other out for two guys that made how much money that day? I think everything is so fresh still in everyone's minds that you can make the rematch and you can promote the hell out of it the same way you did the first time around. Do we really think the UFC is going to let this one slip by and not try to make this one again? The UFC 229 card did upwards of 2.4 million in views. One of the biggest pay-per-views ever. I think the biggest pay-per-view ever for the UFC. That's huge. That's Pacquiao Mayweather level. You don't think with everything that happened after the fight, with one of Khabib's men jumping into the cage to punch Conor McGregor, with one of Conor's teammates, Dylan Danis, allegedly screaming out a, a racial, religious slur to Khabib that caused Khabib to jump out of the cage and attack him? You don't think all of that is not promotion 2.0 for the rematch? 1,000% it is. It makes the most sense right now to make that rematch. The fact of the matter is, for Conor McGregor, there's not many fights to make, unfortunately. He's at the level now where he can't take just a fun, good fight that a real hardcore MMA fan would love to see. Conor McGregor, Tony Ferguson, does nothing for me. Let me back up. As a fight fan, I love it and I want to see it. Okay? For a fringe fan on the outside who's thinking, should I buy this pay-per-view for 70 bucks? The fight doesn't do anything. Conor and Poirier? No. One, they've already fought. Two, love Poirier to death, but he's just not at the level of Conor on the promotional side. That's just fat. So what else is there? You really got to start looking at what else there is. It's Khabib. Easy. Low-hanging fruit, in my opinion. You can do it early next year. You can capitalize on all the drama from the first fight. And really, I think the fight plays out the same way it did at this point. I think the hill is too steep for Connor in terms of figuring out how to wrestle the way Khabib could wrestle. Conversely, Khabib can learn enough striking in that amount of time to use it to his advantage and leverage his best weapon to win the fight. We saw it firsthand. Khabib's not a boxer, and he landed an amazing overhand right to put Connor down. I just think Khabib can move faster towards perfecting his boxing than Connor can to perfecting his wrestling. So, the fight plays out the same in my mind. It just does. But I'll still watch it because it's going to sell and it's going to do big numbers. But do we want to see it? I don't know. Connor has also publicly said a fight with Anderson Silva is on his radar. And I think a fight with Nate Diaz for the third bout is also something we can do. I think it's those three. Khabib, Nate Diaz, or Anderson Silva. And the, the last one, McGregor Silva, I'm <clears throat> not excited about it. 
doesn't do much for me. It's it's a it's a guy in Anderson Silva who is beyond his prime, who who is is popped for performance enhancing drugs, who is quite frankly had some of his success called into question because of it, because we don't know how much of it was real. But he's a name, he's a legend of the sport, so you could be able to sell it. I just don't see it. But you're not going to get Connor versus Tony Ferguson. You're not going to get Connor versus Max Holloway, Connor versus Brian Ortega, Connor versus who am I missing here? GSP. You're not going to get that. I really don't think you are. It's just because he's too big. He's too big. He's going to fight once a year. And quite frankly, boxing may be back in the in the fold for him. You don't think a Pauli Malignaggi, Conor McGregor fight won't sell? It won't do as well as Conor Floyd. I'd watch Conor Pauli. Those are two guys who can build it up. Again, what do they have in their back pocket? They have promotion. They have history. Allegedly, there's a documentary coming out with Conor McGregor where a lot of the video from the infamous sparring session between Paulie and Connor will be released. You don't think that's something that can be released to the public strategically around the same time Connor may be ready to get back into a boxing ring against a guy in Paulie Malinaji who felt disrespected by Connor, who's retired, but for the right amount of money would love to come out of retirement and get paid. I see that as being a big possibility, along with a Conor Floyd rematch. I know, I don't want to say it. The same way I said Khabib Floyd is something I don't want to see. Neither is Conor Floyd, but unfortunately, that one has legs. It just does. So, who knows? Options are there in one of the two sports for Conor. Who knows where he'll land? All I know is Conor McGregor... He loses with the best of them. I mean, what's he doing three or four days after he loses a major fight to Khabib? He's hanging out with Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. He's shot putting a football in a blue suit on the field at Jerryland. The guy just got destroyed by Khabib Nurmagomedov. He was embarrassed. His first fight back to MMA in two years. But he's motivating the Cowboys huddle. He's hanging out with Jerry Jones. He's pushing that proper 12 whiskey. He's just on another level right now. Love him or hate him. He is. No one loses like Conor McGregor. It's like he didn't lose. It's really crazy. But he's carved that out for himself. He's put himself in the position to be at the forefront of media, the sports world, and I don't see it slowing down. He's too smart for that. It's a shame, though, because watching him fight is one of the greatest things in the world. When he's at the top of his game, when he's not distracted, when he's peaking as a fighter, there's not many people that are as much fun. Those two and a half years when he was rolling through the divisions was so much fun. As an MMA fan... Some of my fondest memories were enjoying those fights and that progression. Unfortunately, he may have hit the peak. The fighting may be on the downward, but he's a superstar. A legitimate superstar. We'll just see what's next with the fight game for him. Also, the UFC with a lot of news last week around the scheduling. I mean, shakeups galore, lots of announcements. Uh, again, I think they are going to have a fun end to the year. If you're a hardcore fight fan, you're going to enjoy it. If you're a fringe fan, there might be something in there for you. I don't know. But I encourage you to check some of these fights out. Um, the surprise of the week, I think, in terms of scheduling was that Daniel Cormier, DC Cormier, uh, champ champ, light heavyweight and heavyweight champ, he uh, accepted a fight with Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis coming off the amazing third-round knockout. At UFC 229, the infamous My Balls Were Hot speech to follow. Um, Derek Lewis, the Black Beast, uh, gets the fight with DC. Kind of surprised by it. Uh, I know Derek's been in the running for a title 
shot for a while now, and he, and he kind of he's kind of fallen on his face a few times when he was right there. Uh, the infamous fight with Francis Ngannou, where the winner essentially was looking to get the title shot against either Stipe or DC, ended with a, a very boring fight. One of the worst fights in MMA history in terms of output and action. And Dana White said after that fight with Ngannou and Lewis that, you know, none of these guys are ready for the heavyweight bout. None of them are. He didn't like it. He was angry. And one fight later, fast forward three months, Derek Lewis lands a major punch after being down two rounds in the fight. He has an infamous speech with Joe Rogan. And uh, all of a sudden, there he is, title shot in 36 days from his last fight. That's what worries me the most, is the man, a heavyweight, who fought a three-round fight and took some shots, is going to be expected to fight 30 days later against Daniel Cormier, one of the greatest of all time? Hmm. I know if you're Derek Lewis, you got to take that shot because it's your chance, and I get that. I respect that. I just don't understand the thinking with the UFC. I feel like it's a little short-sighted, a little dangerous for the fighters. DC's also hurt. He's got a thumb issue. I just don't know if it makes the best fight. They're both not going to be at 100%. It's very quick. It's fast turnaround. But it sounds like DC's pretty close to retirement. He wants two more. He wants to fight at MSG, which he's going to get. He wants to get that Brock fight in 2019 and really cash in. And get out. And I respect that too. So I can I can see why he's going this route. I don't think he wants to give Stipe the rematch because Stipe poses a lot of problems that maybe DC can't deal with not at not 100% with having the hand injury. So I can see why Derek Lewis is an interesting fill in there. It'll be fun. They're two guys who, good personalities, talk a lot of shit, and are very talented. The risk for DC is that when you have heavyweights... And guys like Derek Lewis, who could be down an entire fight and swing the momentum with one punch, if you're DC, you got to be a little worried. you got to be cautious. you got to be careful. What you do not want to do is lose that fight and lose the potential bout with Brock Lesnar, which is your major payday. That's the risk for DC. That's what I worry about for DC. And it's on the table. With Derek Lewis in there, anything is on the table. So that fight goes down November 3rd. That's weeks away, my God. At MSG, UFC 230. Luke Rockhold, teammate of Daniel Cormier, also fighting on that card against Chris Weidman. Always fun to see the left coast and the uh, east coast go at it. Derek Brunson, Israel Adesanya-style bender. And Roxanne Mataferi and Sijara Eubanks. Sijara Eubanks, uh, interesting enough, the female fighter who was granted uh, to many people's disagreement the title fight for the vacant and new division, flyweight 125 division, female division, against uh, Valentina Shevchenko. Because Cormier and Lewis now get that main event at MSG on November 3rd, Shevchenko Eubanks, which was the original main event for that card, gets moved. Eubanks gets knocked down, unfortunately, for her to face off in a rematch against Roxanne Matafari. And at the same time, in parallel, the UFC announces at UFC 231 on December 8th in Toronto, Valentina Shevchenko will fight Joanna Janjacek, which was the original anticipated flyweight bout for the vacant title that two weeks ago was removed because of uh, something that went awry with Joanna. That fight is back on. This is all very confusing, so bear with me, but fights are being moved around a lot right now. Valentina Shevchenko and Joanna Jundjacek in Toronto on UFC 231, the same card that has Max Holloway and Brian Ortega for the featherweight belt, which will be the first fight for Holloway since falling out of the fight uh, back in July with Ortega. That's going to be a fun one as well. And we'll hit that as we get closer. The other notable fight, John Jones returns after all the drama with John Jones. 
Lucky for him, he's granted an instant title fight with Alexander Gustafson. It'll be their second fight. Uh, if everyone remembers, the first fight won that was very close, controversial. John Jones walks away with the victory in the first fight. Many people thought Gustafson won it. Doesn't matter now because we'll do it again. Round two, UFC 232, December 29th in Las Vegas. That is the last card of the 2018 calendar year. That should be fun. Those guys are very interesting in terms of a matchup. And John Jones coming off the suspension. You never know how he'll come back. And whenever there's a John Jones fight, let's be frank, we don't know what's going to happen until the day of the fight. So there's a lot of time left between now and December 29th. Let's just see how far along we get with that. I hope the fight happens. I hope John Jones can keep it in line. But we shall see. Also on that card, Chris Cyborg and Amanda Nunes. Fun fight. Finally, we get to see a fight between two of the meanest women in the world. That should be fun. And that's for a belt as well. And I think the last bit of news in the UFC was that we lost the Nate Diaz-Dustin Poirier fight. That was a fight we were anticipating for about three to four weeks. Nate Diaz and Dustin Poirier going back and forth to try to make the fight. It was not made for a while, despite Nate and Dustin saying it was on. Finally, the fight was made to happen at MSG. And unfortunately for Dustin Poirier, he had to fall off due to a hip injury. Doesn't do much right now. I mean, Nate Diaz has been shelved for a while. I don't think he cares either way. Nate will fight whenever Nate wants to fight. And again, I think it will be against Connor maybe in 2019. But that would have been a fun fight. It didn't really have me all that excited. Uh, it, would be, it would be fun to see. Dustin Poirier has worked so hard this year to get to the top of the heat. And I have no doubt he'll be back in early 2019 to, to make some waves in that division. <clears throat> Other than that, I think that's about it. I mean, Bellator had a fun little event this past week, and we saw Fedor Emelianenko take out Chael, Chael Sonnen, the American gangster. What could be the last time for Chael fighting, I don't know. Um, he didn't look so hot, and Fedor, you know, he, he looked like Fedor. Very deceiving. Dad bought all over, but just a dominant, dominant performance for him. And then former UFC star Ryan Bader, the man who has such a history with Daniel Cormier, who wanted that big fight with Daniel Cormier, but couldn't get it three or four years ago. He uh, advances to the Grand Prix against Fedor Emelianenko, which will happen in January for the Bellator light heavyweight Grand Prix, Grand Prix which is a fun little thing they did, tournament-style Grand Prix. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Bellator doing some good things, some good fights. I think they still have a little ways to go, but... Man, they got a good roster now. They're signing a lot of guys. They have some younger talent, some organic talent. Scott Coker knows what he's doing. They should be a force to be reckoned with here in 2019, especially if the UFC can not get their shit together with some of this stuff. <clears throat> so good for Bellator. And, yeah, that's it. I think we did it. We're almost at an hour. How about that? Look at me go. Um... Thanks for joining. Again, I'm excited about the upcoming Fight Voice Radio podcast. I'm hoping it will be everything I expect it to be. Really looking to get some good insight from some of the best MMA and boxing journalists around the country through the old FightVoice.com network. Some fighter interviews. Some good conversations with fans. We're going to be touching on all the storylines in the fight world, keeping you apprised, trying to do it weekly. I really hope we can do it. And Jerry and I will have more news coming soon with some other podcasts and surprises for you all. We're working hard to get this for you guys and for ourselves, quite frankly. So more news to come. Um, I appreciate you joining today. Chapter 36 of The Last Boy Scouts with me, Matt. The Han Solo episode, I'm calling it. That's what it's going to be called. Because apparently, I don't know, Han Solo, the Star Wars guy. Again, if you listen to the show, you know I'm not fond of two things. 
Star Wars and the Beatles. I just can't do it. I don't get it. But Han Solo episode it is. Just me today, folks. <clears throat> Thank you for joining. Again, iTunes, SoundCloud. Search The Last Boy Scouts. Instagram at LastBoyScout underscore Matt. At JRay26. That's where you find us. And we will be back next week with Jerry, I hope. Jerry, get back safe, my friend. Thanks, folks. Talk to you next time.